This is CEO Chats, a candid and open convo about business as a female entrepreneur. Because not all CEOs wear suit ties and cufflinks. It's Natalie, and I'm back with another episode. And today is a chat with Nat. And who I'm chatting with today is Kiana Barber. Kiana is the CEO of WDB Marketing, the editor for the What's the Business publication, and also the curator for Legacy Awards Gala. So please welcome Kiana Barber. Please introduce yourself. Hey, Natalie. I thank you for um, having me today, interviewing me today, I should say. No um, as you said, <laughs> I am Kiana Barber. I'm the CEO of WDB Marketing, are a branding and marketing company. Um, I like to consider us a one-stop shop for small businesses' marketing needs. We do everything from creating their brand identity. So if they need a logo done, if they need help with even their tagline, development of their website, um, to the actual printing. I'm very uh, proud that we're the, one of the only black printing manufacturers that I know of. So people come in with an idea create that logo, but we also can put it on T-shirts, on their business cards. So all type of printed collateral, we do it in-house. Uh, we've been doing that for about 13 years, um, and our client base is over 2,000 uh, small businesses, most of them being black-owned throughout Chicago. So I am very proud of our um, database of clients. Uh, they're doing some phenomenal work, and I just like to say, like, we're a vessel to help kind of spread their word and their story. Yes, thank you so much for even that introduction because that is so that is really honestly going to be the focus of this episode, which is the importance of black entrepreneurship and then also talking about Gila and how you're highlighting those who are doing things of black excellence. So can you kind of talk about your background story and how you you know, how you really started um, or what really actually spurred the moment of having the WDB marketing? Yes. Um, so, you know, I, I like to say that entrepreneurship is in my blood. Uh, my granddad, um, he owned a corner store. My mom was uh, in fashion, so she was always selling something, I like to say. So I grew up kind of wanting to be an entrepreneur. By the time I was in high school, I made the decision. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it on my own. Didn't know exactly what. Um, so I went on to college, went on to graduate from Northwestern University. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I went there. They didn't have entrepreneurship as a specific focus, but I still kind of took some accounting and did what I could. Um, but I knew when I came out, I wanted to just be in business. So my idea, a lot of people don't know, was to um, actually open up a clothing store. I was going to move. Both of my brothers lived in California. So I was going to go there. Urban Fashion, this is 2004. Rewind it back a little. Um, so Urban Fashion was still very big. And right. we were going to go there. It's going to be a way for us to start the family business. Um, so after I graduated, my brother actually ended up coming up here to visit me um, in November of 2004. And unfortunately, he was killed while he was here. So he had been away for 10 years, had, you know, just had a whole mm-hmm. different life, came up here to visit. And unfortunately, just because of, you know, what we know, the senseless violence, right. um, he died. So before he died, um we had a meeting, a family meeting the night before, and we were just talking about what are we going to do, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be this urban fashion. My mom, was again, she was doing art, and he was like, no, it's what's the business. You know, this is what it's going to be, and I'm like, it was an entertainment company, so he had this idea to do events and kind of bring people together, so he had just recently incorporated it, and I'm like, entertainment? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, but he was so... You know, you know, you've ever been around somebody and they, their vision is so clear, even though you right. can't see it. Again, right. my brother hadn't been doing anything entertainment. He had kind of dabbled and dabbled a little bit with music, so he had like a home studio. Um, but, you know, he just was so clear on his vision. And I still have the agenda. It was like, how do we make 
the first family million. Uh, and literally the next day, unfortunately, he passed away. Um, and at that moment, like I literally prayed after just, of course, dealing with the news within three days, I prayed. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what can I do um, to continue on? Because his impact was just too much in this world. He was bigger than life. Right, right. You know, everybody knew him. And I'm like, it's, it's no way that his, his life could end at 28. His legacy has to continue. So I prayed about it. And it was just, it was so clear to me. It was what's the business. And that just literally began my entrepreneurship journey. This mm-hmm. was November in 2004. I decided to bring the company here. Um, and by February of 2005, I hosted my first event in his honor. Uh, it was doing entertainment. It was a hip-hop battle. Uh, so we had an event. It actually was fairly successful. We had um, over 100 people come out. We had a contest. They won prizes. Um, and that kind of started the journey. So I was really just fueled by my passion and my love for my brother. You know, I was very naive in, 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 in the um, entrepreneurship world. I had taken some classes. Um, so I had learned how to do a business plan, a course, and do some other things. And, and I had been marketing my mom's art, but never really truly doing it as a business. Um, but, you know, God always has a greater vision. So once I started, it just took off. So from that first event, I went on to meet so many people. I began to get involved with a lot of larger events and concerts and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing a lot of guerrilla promotion and things like that. So it went from me doing my own small events to me helping other people try to bring thousands of people to events. You know, so um, during that time, because I was still a a bootstrapping entrepreneur, I took the graphic design classes. So I went back to, you know, just took a couple classes at a local college mm-hmm. because I didn't have the budget really to pay other people to do design. So I was like, hey, I'm going to learn how to do this myself. Right. I'm doing a lot of events. I need to be able to create this skill set myself. So so just kind of coupling all that together, I was starting to get event and promotional experience. I got the graphic design experience. So after two years, my network had grew tremendously. I was supporting a lot of people. I had learned kind of like the guerrilla promotion, so how to attract a lot of people, how to get people's attention. Um, but my own events really weren't working. You know, and, and people who do events, they understand it. It's a, it's a hit, and a, hit or a miss, right. depending on the weather, depending on your competition that day. So it wasn't enough for me to really sustain myself. I was working part-time. That was really paying my bills, but my net, my name was out there. I mean, I was working with major promoters. We had like Lil Wayne, and I mean, all type of entertainment that we were directly connected with, getting the photos with. Um, and this was like a crucial point, and I tell this to a lot of entrepreneurs when you have a decision: uh, do you want to stay in something for the ego, or do you need to shift? So, you know, during that time, like I said, I had been doing this for about two years. I decided to shift, even though everybody knew me for promotions and all of these, you know, big events. I shifted over to graphic design and printing because okay. I saw that as an opportunity, as a base for people wanting me, for, for to be, really to be able to generate money, mm-hmm. you know, because as I was self-taught in graphic design, people were starting to hire me on the side to do their design. They were asking me, well, of course, when you get something designed, oh, I need to print it. So they would depend for them. So I had to just make little slow nuggets, you know, small nuggets, I should <laughs> say, of, of money and it just came transitional period. And, and people around me were saying it too, like, you know, you might have something with this. Do you want to focus on that? So, you know, um, I like to say I jumped off a cliff and um, I opened up my first office, a very small, modest space. It was one room. And this mm-hmm. is one of my other learning lessons that I always tell entrepreneurs, start small, right. start from what you can afford. It was 350. The room was no, maybe 150 square feet. You know, but it was a shared office space model. But what it did was it gave me a foundation. It right. gave me a place that I could go to. It gave me a place that I could tell people, hey, you can come here and order something, pick up your orders. So um, 
that was really the start of, and I know we talked a little bit about this offline, of What's the Business, which was the company at the time, in honor of my brother, I transitioned the name uh, to WDB Marketing. So it's still incorporated as What's the Business, but I said, okay, we're going in a different direction. We want to start doing the design for people. We want to start doing their print. We want to be part of the industry that gets the money. So we know everybody's doing the events like I was doing, but you always needed to be designed and printed before you can even promote it. So in order to do that, we kind of transitioned over to WDB marketing. Um, And then that, that's really what kicked off everything. You know, my mom came on board. She was already supporting me, but she came into the office every day with me. Um, I left my part-time job. I made this my full time. Again, I just, I took a leap of faith and we hustled. You know, we hustled, you know, uh, they say, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, so we made sure that all, every contact that I had met, every person that I had dealt with doing my promotional phase, I let them know what I was doing now. Mm-hmm. So they were giving me their business. And by the grace of God, we went, I think that first year, um, we probably did about a hundred clients. The next year grew to 250. But by then we were we were growing so much that we had we were able to move to a storefront in Calumet City and we had 500 customers and a thousand customers. So that a lot of people don't know the back history of you know how WDB they just see us in all of our glory honestly now and see we have equipment and we got people working for us, but they don't know that this really started from just such a smaller vision and really just taking that leap of faith and growing. So I know that was the the, the long side of the story, but you know. I feel it's important, especially for people who are new entrepreneurs, to understand how you really can start with a smaller vision, right? But turn it into something larger. You know, everybody wants to start out with this huge. Oh, I want an office here. I want this fancy because we see it in front of us. But you don't know what it might take for you to get there. Sometimes it's going to take those baby steps. It's going to take that fall on your face. It's going to take those failures and those smaller things to get to that larger vision. Yes, and I love that you said that because. Even even with you, you know, making WDB so much more than what it is, like you said, you needed to start with some type of foundation. If you guys mm-hmm. knew that you were going to come up with this idea to, you know, generate more money for the family, you know, simplifying it and making it smaller and then uh, allowing it to get bigger just, just based upon what you guys are already doing. So I love that you, you, you definitely still utilized you know, your ability to say, okay, if I I don't need to go completely huge and completely large, because I think that is the error that most entrepreneurs have is that their, their vision is so huge. Uh, One of my teachers, and I still always say this from high school, always say people have caviar dreams with tuna fish money. You know, you can't always, (laughs) when you first starting off as an entrepreneur, you nine times out of 10, you don't have the huge collateral and the capital that you need to say, okay, I'm going to make this big old office. I'm going to do this. I'm Mm going to do that. You don't always have that. So starting off small, maybe in an incubator, maybe in like you said, finding someone who will allow you to share office spacing for a minimum of the price and then being able to just have somewhere for your clients to meet or so like that. I know people who still meet at coffee shops, (laughs) you know, and still still you do what you need to do. Exactly. But it is important to, to, to still take a leap and build some type of foundation. I do I do emphasize that to people that have mm-hmm. some type of structure. Me getting that office was 100% pivotal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I literally did it when I did not even have 350 of consistent income coming in. Mm-hmm. So that was still a leap of faith, you know, but the, it gave me, and I was very serious about it, even though we didn't have a client base. Once we opened up and I said the office hours were, well, I, I keep black folks hours, I like to say, 10 to 6, um, we, we were there. 
Right. Regardless if people will call it or not. So it's important to still take your business serious. Exactly. You know, at all levels. And then you'll see it start to manifest in front of you. So you have to believe it first and you have to act like it and walk in that role first. And then it will really, it really will. Like I said, we're a prime Mm -hmm. example of it really coming to you. I agree. I feel like my business didn't really like in our media didn't really come up to what it was until I started having an office spacing because then people would take it serious. There wasn't Mm -hmm. for some reason, like when you say that you're promoting on your personal platform, they do not take you as serious. Like, okay, my girl, she does marketing and leave it at that. But when they start actually seeing the fruits of what you're actually bearing, like they're starting to see your office spacing or they're starting to see you actually having clientele in the work that you could present, they start taking you a lot more seriously. And especially here in Chicago is we, we have to trust you. We have to know that you do good quality before we even do good work with you or choose to do work with you. So like you said, I, I know that leap is huge just based upon the the kind of mindset and culture that some of the target audiences as far as the blacks here in Chicago are. Like they have to, they want to do this, this so much, but there's that idea of who can I trust, who can I go to that I know is going to give me what I need. So I like that you, that you said that because I've experienced the same thing that the calls didn't start coming through until I was consistent with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, once yes. they see that consistency, they're like, oh, okay, she's serious. This isn't just... She's serious. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so going back to um, WDB Marketing, you you talked about how you kind of, your brother had the idea of events and you're like, this isn't me, you know, let me give it a try, but let's move to what is really the industry that is, like you said, making money, which is business and their collateral that's needed for them to be able to even run their business as well. Um how did what services did you start off with when you first started? Was it just the designs or did you say, OK, I'm going to because I know now you guys do the whole nine. It's like the one stop shop. So what what first starting off after the classes you took, what were like the core services that you offered and how did you kind of move to now being bigger and better? Yeah, so started uh, mainly with graphic design. So that was our base. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the, you know, the, the sole designer at the time. And then we would sub out printing, you know, so we would still broker the printing out to other pe- companies and then just, you know, charge an upcharge, which a lot of people don't know that that actually is the printing industry. A lot of places that you go to are not printing, you know, directly. Even right. some of the bigger companies online, they're literally subbing out and most of them are subbing out to China, unfortunately. So yeah. a lot of people actually aren't in the manufacturing space. Print is very much a, you get broker rates and then you resell it to your customer. So again, just some of the relationships that I had built when I was doing um, events and I was getting stuff printed, I got turned on to a, a print broker. So that's how, you know, that actually definitely helped with the foundation, but people would come to us for graphic design. Um, And that was essentially it. I mean, you know, from a logo to a flyer to a business card or a media kit, because I was in entertainment, I did a lot of media kits, you know, at first, um, we did a little web, but not heavy web. Um, okay. And we, after time, so now we do full service. Um, we do, like I said, website development. We're doing social media management. Uh, we just launched our videography and photography services. So now it truly is a one-stop shop. If you come in with just an idea, like, hey, I'm getting ready to open up a restaurant, you can come in there. We're going to design the logo for you, mm-hmm. create your website. We can take the pictures of your food, and you can even walk out with your T-shirts and your menu. You know, and it's not a lot of places that really have that whole one-stop shop feel, you know. Um, And then what I love, what I always tell my partner, um, 
likes to say is we're in the trenches with you. You know, so a lot of our clients love us because when you come in, it feels very much like a family, you know, because um, one, we want you to succeed. You know, we, we have a stake in your success. You know, right. we love to share the stories of, of what our clients are doing. And then two, we're also a small business. You know, so we're not this huge conglomerate that doesn't understand that, you know, sometimes print can get expensive, but that you have a budget that you're working with. You know, we get that, you know, so um, we've kind of combined all of that services Mm -hmm. to kind of have, you know, underneath, you know, our suite. And then I mentioned, you know, just for a second about my partner, James. He's the one. So I met him once we were in our second office in Calumet City. Mm -hmm. Um, I met him a couple of years in and he's the one that actually brought the manufacturing aspect okay. to it when he came on board he really loved my energy i was subbing out designs to him because he was a phenomenal designer i mm-hmm. was you know took a couple of classes when right. i looked at his stuff i'm like oh man you do <laughs> you real deal so as i started to get more premium clients i started sending the work to him so wow. after about a year working together and me subbing out work he was you know, i like the way that you handle stuff i see we both are crazy in, in our businesses why don't i merge my company with yours so he had a company mm-hmm. called leah visual and he merged over with us, so we took over all the clients, and he had some T-shirt equipment. So that's how our, you know, okay. we got our foot in the game with as far as manufacturing. He was had a digital shirt printer, so we started doing shirts, and then eventually it just became this bigger vision of, because, you know, print is, well, everybody does it, but print is very demanding. People want it, they right. want it now, you know. Exactly. So we get a, somebody, somebody calling us today, they need it for tomorrow. So when you're actually able to manufacture, you control the process better. Mm-hmm. You know, when you sub and out, it's only so much that you can control because you right. don't know that's somebody else's business to actually produce it. So can you get it in? Can they get it done? You know? Um, so that's why we decided to take on the role of actually manufacturing a lot, a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. not everything, but a lot of the stuff in house because we can control those turnarounds. We can control that quality. So right. my partner, James Weaver is the one that actually brought the manufacturing side um, and built that up for I the company. You said that because me having in our media, I do like I go do like you said, and I hope people who also are listening, if you are having your own like branding and designing and stuff like that, have your own media agency as well or marketing agency. The printing is is crucial because they're going to ask you the all the time. Like, do you print the business cards out or do you just design them like it makes it so much easier for them, like you said, just to come to you and everything can be printed. Um, So. Like you said, the, one of one of the ways that I do it is, of course, through someone who gives me the bro- the broker prices. But they're still, like you said, I still don't have control over that. I still have to contact them to print it out and weigh and stuff like that. And if the printing is incorrect, I still have to battle with that with them because that's a third party individual helping me with my business. So I'm glad that you said, like, instead of like you, if with James, you could have been like, mm, she's better than me. I'm going to try to outdo him, but collaborating with him and actually bringing up the fact that, like I said, the episode is centered off on is that black entrepreneur, that black entrepreneurship and the importance of it. If we collaborate as a community, we can do so much bigger Absolutely. and so much more because look now what it has become. He's not upset that his mm-hmm. business, you know, had to merge with you. More so, both of you guys' businesses made it better because you needed We're it. We're doing better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that, and I'm trying to get to a point with uh, my manufacturing, like you said, to get to that to that level, to that state, but also 
that's your niche. You know, that's that's WDB's marketing niche that they want to be able to be that one-stop shop. Me, I'm just, hey, I will brand you. I will design it. Now, if you need it, some of the collateral we made for you to be printed out, I can do that <laughs> and keep it moving. Sounds like we you need know? to be working together. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, off the, can, off the uh, record. <laughs> but, yeah, that's really, I, I like that. No. That, yeah, that's like my new thing. I was I did a, a radio segment yesterday, and I was mm-hmm. talking all about collaboration. And I think right. especially now, like I said, God has just blessed me. I say our network is immense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is crazy, the type of right. people that we deal with. We deal with the, the very brand-new mom-and-pop, you know, small startups. Right. But we also have people like the Urban League that are clients. We have Sip and Saver that's, that's working on They just opened up that third location. Uh, we've oh, done Just awesome, Turkey uh, franchise. Yep, so we work with Trez and Just Turkey okay. Franchise. So they okay. they, they had, um, at, at a peak, they had like seven or eight locations. And we were mm-hmm. right there with them as they were growing. Mm-hmm. So um, I've seen what works and what doesn't work. Right. And collaboration is, it's a two things, like you said, it's staying in your lane. Exactly. But collaboration. <laughs> you know, exactly. collaboration, why why reinvent the wheel? You know, exactly. um, we all need each other. Right. And we only can, we only can, we all have to play to our shrimp. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that I've learned. Like we all have to play the right steps. So the, the the entrepreneurs that I've seen have been the most successful, own their strengths, right? And they can get they get support for their weaknesses. Exactly. You know, so like that was something. So for me, if you were to ask me, you know, ten years ago, would we be doing printing manufacture manufacturing? Right. Would we be right. doing it ourselves? Right. Yeah, I mean, I might have said, yeah, that sounds like something good. Right. You know, we might do it. But would I have had the vision to truly execute it? He was right. so staunch in that vision, so he brought that to the table, and mm-hmm. it made us so much more powerful because of right. it. You know, we have to get rid of brand ego. As entrepreneurs, that's one of our biggest things, and it's, and I hate to say but it's a, it's a black entrepreneurship thing that we have to grow out of. Right. You know, um, one of my mentors told me that I never thought about that concept, but we're all so, so caught up in being the CEO, being the founder right. of something. Larger companies, their whole idea is to merge. Yes. It's to merge, to get bigger, to get more powerful, and sometimes to get out, you know, because every company can't last forever. Every brand isn't meant to last forever. Think about Mm -hmm. all the brands that we've seen over time and how many have died out. Mm -hmm. You know, some have just died out naturally and nothing, they didn't get anything from it, but a lot have been brought out by bigger companies and merged, you know, so that really is the idea of business. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, as black entrepreneurs, think about if we sell it, like you said, that's failure. That's not failure. That's really, that's what business is supposed to do. Exactly. Business is supposed to continuously evolve, you know, and if it's it, it either growing or you dying, you know, so mm-hmm. that's something that I've learned, like I said, over the years, a lot of my ventures now, it's about collaboration. I was mm-hmm. doing the Legacy Awards. I try to tap into my network. Hey, we need help with this. I don't do the event planning. I don't do the PR for that. Right. I hire people in those areas and exactly. it makes it that much better, you know, so I think it's something, like I said, it's not to knock us. I think it's just something mm-hmm. that. We don't have a lot of, you know, we don't have two or three generations of entrepreneurship in our family so that we learn. No, we learn these things as we go, you know. So now it's like now people are really understanding that, like, you know what? It is more powerful if I work with somebody else. Right. Maybe it is okay if I let this go. Uh, We were talking about not-for-profits. There's so many not-for-profits that we work with that a lot of them have the same mission. So when somebody Mm -hmm. come in now and talk to me, because I have a lot of consultations, I still try to talk to a lot of young entrepreneurs and just give them advice so it doesn't take them, as I say, as long to get to where I'm at, you know, if it took me 13 years, it should take you not even half that time. Not at all. If I can pour into you and let you know what I've learned, you know, but I tell people, if you're trying to mentor young girls, I'm going to give you four or five non-for-profits that are already out there doing it. So one, learn from them. Maybe you can support them. And then you, once you learn, you might see, okay, it is a niche. 
nobody's addressing this this group but you have to learn from it and not just think that oh i have the best idea and i have to do this on my own you know um so i mean i see it starting transition but to me that's really if people ask me the state of where we should be going as entrepreneurs it should be very much in a line of collaboration merging and and bringing our forces together because most of us are bootstrapping on our own. Right. Well, if you if you if you combine those two pennies, you know, <laughs> to, together, at least you got a little bit more buying power. At least you got a little bit more strength. You know, you got yeah. two brains is always going to be better than one. You know. Um. So yes, I learned that. Like I said, just I said, just being able to let go of ego and mm-hmm. just like I said, being able to recognize the talent that he brought and just like he was able to recognize what I brought to the table and who, who would have known, you know, we've been partners now for about seven years, who would have known it would have led to so much. We just bought our first building, you know, um, and that was a vision eight years in the making, you know, mm-hmm. our space before in Calumet city was so, it was still small. It wasn't as small as that one room, but it was still small. And we were always like, okay, we're going to get something else. We're going to get something where we have more room, mm-hmm. you know, but it took time. You know, it took us both really working hard to get to the point where we're at now. Right. I'm glad you 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 really are just humbly speaking about uh, speaking about that because me being born and raised from Chicago, Inglewood, it's always good to see good come from Inglewood and and also just from Chicago because not mm-hmm. a lot of us see that. So this is just um, enlightening for me to to know that. Um, we are, we all do collaborate. We all do hang around each other and do, and do what we can to make sure that Chicago is still, you know, functioning and moving as, as, as far as the black economy goes. I love that you talked about that as well. And one of the things as far as for, for me, and also I definitely want to bring light to what you said, um, is that that CEO ego. And I love that you said that because even even in even with me i learned that as well and that's why i just i just at that point when another um black entrepreneur let me know like hey no you need to get a printer that's why you're not retaining your clients because you can design for them all you want to but they rather just have somebody do all the work for them not to say that they're lazy but they need to be Mm -hmm. able to focus on their business like they don't need to be trying to find the printer after they you design for them like if you want to remain and keep them keep them there you need to start giving them more customer service, you know, and that comes with the lowest, of course, an increased price because now you have to include mm-hmm. labor, but it makes them feel better that, Hey, I can go to NR media or I can go to WDB marketing and I can get my shirt. I can get X, Y, Z. All I got to do is just tell you my vision and you're going to make it work. So I love that you said that because for, for, a for a, I only been in business for a year as far as for my LLC, so, but I have been designing and stuff like that since I have my degree in it. But, um, I realized that when you said that, I'm like, Hmm, I've been sitting here with CEO ego. Like I remember having that, like, no, I'm just a design expert. I do branding, you know, I do visual design because that's what my mm-hmm. degree is in. And it's like, no, people really want to make sure that when they come and get their business, that they're going to want to come to that one person, especially if you design their original collateral. They don't want to go yeah. to somebody else and do and do other things. So one thing, if any of my listeners are listening, if you don't take anything else from us today, please take away CEO ego <laughs> and letting it go. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it won't, it won't allow you to grow. Not you know. at all. Exactly. Like I, st- I sat there trying to figure out myself, okay, why am I not, why they don't come to, why am I, 
you know, and I'm like, I realized once I start saying that I will print these items out for you and I have that connection to do so, that's when I started seeing so many people from different states reaching out to me, um, other events and stuff like that, saying that they needed banners. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, hey, <laughs> I guess it yeah, is. It, design and print goes hand in hand. Exactly. It's just, it's just one of those things that goes hand in hand. There are a few designers that we work with that only sold to do that, but for the most part, mm-hmm. like you said, even if people understand that you're the middleman, they would just rather you handle it. Exactly. You know, because when they got to now deal with somebody else, and a lot of times those print companies do design. So you run the right. risk of losing. That's probably what was happening. Run the risk of losing your clients because now they just start transitioning and going directly to the printing company because they can mm-hmm. do both. So, like you said, even if you're transparent and say, hey, I, even if you say this, I find you the best price. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always make sure. So you, I design it. I don't print it. But I have five vendors that I work with, so I get the best price for the banners. I get the best mm-hmm. price for the flyers, so I make that happen. And like you said, and it's always a good markup that you can do on the product just for that service. So, yes, mm-hmm. so you have to do that. And then, like I said, the other thing is, like I said, you, you take the ego out and understanding what your customers really need. Exactly. You know, it's an evolution. Like I just like I just explained with my business, I had to evolve in my thinking of, well, where am I really needed at? I thought it was going to be events, but that's not what's really panning out for me. So you have to be able to walk away. When I walked away, like I said, we were doing huge concerts for people. I mean, my name was out there. So from a a standpoint of visibility, I was very popular, but I wasn't making any money. So it's like, do I want to be popular? Do I want to have this perception or do I really want to make this a reality? So I walked away. People were like, oh, you're not doing this anymore. And for some people, it probably did look like failure. It didn't matter to me, though, because I saw, I knew what my vision was. But for some people, they probably like, oh, well, she's out of the game. You know, it's always a joke with, with, with promotions and events because people are in and out so quickly. Um, and, you know, but it, it didn't matter if anybody looked at it like that. I knew that my vision was like, hey, you know what? I need to do something else. You know, I still kept the branding and the name of it, but I transitioned to what I was doing. So you have to be able to evolve. You might start out in one thing, but understand what your customers really need. And you have to be flexible because you're in business to be successful mm-hmm. and to cater to somebody's needs. It's not about you doing, you're not doing it really for yourself. It's really a selfless thing when you're in business because a lot of people say, and I was joking somebody the other day about this, you know, people want to go in business because they don't want to answer to anybody. And it's like, you're going to answer to more people as a small right. business owner. Because now you got to answer to every one of your customers. Exactly. You know, it's always somebody to answer to. You know, always. There's always some some type of accountability that happens in business. I don't care if you got just one large client. Somebody is still kind of ruling some of the things that you have to do. So uh, you have to take the ego out of it and really understand why you're in business. And it's really to, to please and, and, and offer a good quality product and service and make your customers happy. Exactly. So I'm glad that you just gave a lot of gems because I think that is going to help a lot of, as far as my millennial women who listen, get to that state of realizing that you just have to do your business a lot better than what you are. There's a lot of people who are, of course, on social media trying to handle their business. But what, you know, Kiana is talking about is the business on the back end, like building your business in front of the community, building a business for collaboration, you know, sustaining your business outside of just what's online. 
you know, if the if most of the people who are making the money and, and doing what they have to do and getting those clientele aren't the ones who are always constantly pushing you on social media. Some of them are like too busy to even do that. So I really want um, the, the course, the women in my organization who are listening to take away some of the, the true gems here that the collaboration aspect of it, allowing yourself to let go of your ego of staying in that main box and as well as just seeing the larger picture for your business even if you started somewhere you know your main goal should be to expand every single month every single quarter every single year just don't stay complacent so i want to move to the actually uh legacy gala um legacy i know or gala. <laughs> we're talking so much about the business yeah hey, it's needed so because honestly it's probably going to move towards why it was even started and how you were able to even um, get these people to be awarded and nominated. So can you kind of go in what was, how did you come up with the idea of first the gala and, and what, what were you going to do with the, for the nominations? And then of course it coming up um, uh, frequently. So how, how did you really, how did this all get started? Yeah. So for the, um, so the event is called the WDB legacy awards gala. Um, it is a celebration of black entrepreneurs um, and celebrating our impact specifically. Um, I always want to make sure that's a part of the tagline because it's not just celebrating us. It's not just a party, but black entrepreneurs are truly a force to be reckoned with. We're growing in numbers. We're employing people. You know, we are the new hope, I feel like, in, the, in our community. Um, so how I came about it is, so after 10 years of being in business, we, I just been moving, moving, moving. And it was just like, you know what? I've never really taken time to celebrate an anniversary. I've never taken time to just praise God and thank God. I take the time to praise God, but not publicly. Like just to do something to really celebrate that he's carried us for 10 mm -hmm. years and he's allowed the company to grow so much. Mm -hmm. So um, that, that's what I decided to do in 2016. We had been in business um, for my incorporation date. Mm -hmm. We incorporated in 2006, so I, I consider that my actual business anniversary. Um, I wanted to do something that brought our phenomenal network together um, and that actually celebrated us, you know, as, mm -hmm. as a group. Um, I did not know it. I knew I was on to something, but, I mean, it's definitely, you know, just grown into something even more amazing than, than what I thought it would be. Um, so what it started out as originally was just going to be our 10-year anniversary bringing our network out, having food, and I was going to just do one award, which is going to be the Young Entrepreneur Award, because I very much believe in how do we pass the torch? How do we transfer that knowledge again so that the next generation becomes successful even faster than we were able to? Um, so we were just going to do a Young Entrepreneur Award, but after talking to my business coach at the time, um, Sakira Jackson, I kept talking about legacy. She was like, why are you doing it? I'm like, because, you know, it's a legacy. I did this for my brother. You know, I, I just really want people to understand the legacy of this company. And she's like, you keep saying the word legacy. You know, why not call it the actual legacy? Because well, I didn't have a name for it. It was just the, the WDB 10-year anniversary um, legacy awards. So that's kind of what started the whole concept. And then we end up turning legacy into an acronym, which stands for Leadership, Education, Growth, advocacy community and the why is the youth so uh what we decided to do because all of those are important to create a legacy you need leadership in the community people need to be educated you need to advocate you know and then again um closing out with the why is in order to have a legacy you have to pass it on to somebody 
So that's why we ended with the why with the young entrepreneur pitch. So we decided that first year we hosted it at Harold Washington Cultural Center to host an awards gala honoring people from the community. We have black restaurants. So again, we got a ton of clients that are uh, black restaurant owners, including Just Turkey, including um, Ain't She Sweet. So we featured them as part of the food for that night. Um, And it was just a hit. You know, we ended up having about, I think, 400 people come out. Mm -hmm. We had, we honored some amazing people like Blue 1647, uh, Diana from Kids Off the Block, um, Phil Jackson from the Black Star Project. So it ended up just becoming this night of black excellence. You know, so the first year was really for our anniversary, but it was so strong that we decided that we had to continue and make it an annual thing. So this is going into our third year. Um, it's going to be held uh, Feb- February 23rd at Malcolm X College. Um, and we're continuing the same type of format. It is that people, a lot of people ask, well, what should I expect with the Legacy Awards? Well, it is a gala. So you can come out, you know, in your fancy clothes mm-hmm. and gala attire. Um, this year's theme is connecting globally from Chicago to Africa. So we encourage and if you want to wear a touch of African or some type of African attire, okay. you can wear that as well. But it's really just a night of connecting and celebrating. You know, um, what I love about it is it's definitely cross-generational. So whether you are a brand-new startup entrepreneur, you know, like you said, you've been in business a year or you've been in business 20, 30 years, all are encouraged to come out to the event, connect with each other, network with each other. You know, amazing connections happen. Our restaurants always get catering gigs from it. People talk about collaboration that's happened from it. I've had a lot of people say, well, I met them at the Legacy Awards, and now we're doing this together. So that's really the essence, the reason why we do the event is to mm-hmm. come out. You have your business cards. You network. You enjoy amazing food. Uh, like I said, we have about 10 black restaurants that we showcase. We showcase black-owned uh, wine company, Love Corkscrew. Okay, um, yeah. And then... Yep, so she's always there. So the first hour and a half is networking and it's food, which is from 6 to 7.30. And then mm-hmm. we actually enjoy the awards gala. So that's when we honor people um, with the Legacy Award. So we highlight people from different communities and different industries. And the young entrepreneurs pitch on stage. And we give them a prize. They win the prize that night, which is over 5000 in value. They don't get 5000 in cash. They get 1000 in cash. They get 2000 in marketing services from my company. They get accounting support. They get legal support. They get um, PR support. So they just get this huge suite of services to go on and help continue to help allow their business to grow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, I mean, it's an amazing night. It's a lot that goes on. You know, you can ask me about some things specifically if you want, but essentially it's a night where we, where, like I said, we encourage all entrepreneurs to come out, connect. We do a lot of media interviews at night. So you get interviewed on the blue carpet. You can talk about why you started your business. Uh, and then, like I said, you could just celebrate amongst greatness. You know, because to me, this is what we're talking about today. We all learn from each other. So those stories need to be told. We need to be connected to each other. You mm-hmm. know, so you need to pair up with somebody like me who's been doing it 13 years. Right. If this is what you really want to do. You know, it, we, we, we have, we honor Lusta Hair Care last year who was in the hair care industry for, where well, they've been in it for, I think, 50 plus years. Right. But then we had younger people in the hair industry. So making those connections. You know, having the Luster family right there for you to be able to connect to and, and walk up to and say, hey, I'm also in the hair care industry. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can sit down for coffee. Maybe I can have a conversation with you about the direction I need to take. You know, it's not a lot of platforms that are set up, you know, where you can do that. I always feel like it's everybody, you know, Chicago, as we say, is very clickish. So you got very, your tech side. Very. You got your, you have your black conscious side. 
you kind of got your urban professional side, you know, then you have your older seasoned entrepreneur and then you have your politician. So everybody's in their own niche. So they go to the events and they see each other. Well, we bring them all together. So God has blessed us where all of those people come into our doors. You know, we'll, we'll have a local mayor come in, and we're going to have an executive director of a non-for-profit come in. And we also going to have a young lady who's 22 that's opening up a clothing boutique all come into our same space. So we want to bring them all together in one room, you know, to, because we all need each other. We really right. do. The, the older generation needs the younger generation, you exactly. know, for digital marketing and being more savvy and, you know, things like that. So it's a need on both sides. It just has to be some type of bridge, you know. So I like to consider the Legacy Awards that bridge where people can come together and connect. And then, like I said, nothing else, it means a lot to be able to just see greatness in front of you. You know, so when we honor somebody who's been doing it for 20 or 30 years, it gives you hope if you've only been doing it for a year or two years or three years or four years, like, okay, I see what success looks like. I see the possibility. And mm-hmm. I don't think that we see that enough in our community to say, this is why you keep going. You know, the, these are the examples of what success looks like of being able to sustain and being able to do it over time. Exactly. And I thank you for going in detail of what honestly the legacy gala means, because um, a lot of people might just think that it's just an awards gala. You just come and you you do things. But no, it's actually like a, a powerful networking platform for any entrepreneur that's in Chicago. Um, I just went to, you know, a few of them knowing some of the partners that you have um, that are on it and being able to collaborate with them has brought me clientele or even not even clientele, just more so of a better understanding of entrepreneurship. Um, and so I know because I will, of course, be in the building. Um, I know that I will be there and definitely utilizing everyone that walks through as well um, because you just never know who you might encounter. And so as a young entrepreneur getting into um, a room with people who have been doing it for almost triple double the time that I have been in business is definitely will be a a platform for me to say, okay, let me connect with this person because it might be something I'm missing. It might be something that I can do better. Mm -hmm. That can be the key to me, you know, sealing off certain deals or whatever the case. Cause like you said, I'm doing it by myself, like little, little small things that I have that I'm, you know, pride of have pride of in my business for making, um, connections and collaborations with, um, you know, the city of Chicago or things like that, being able to get those uh, partnerships and contracts, but it's also bringing it back to the community because there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of experience there and there's a lot of advice that can be given. So as far as for um, the leg, the legacy awards gala, if anyone is listening now, they're in Chicago and they have their money ready to support or they have their money ready to attend. um, How can they do so? Yes, uh, they can just go to the website. It's LegacyAwardsGala.com. So just Legacy spelled out, L-E-G-A-C-Y, AwardsGala.com. Um, we have tickets today. It's actually the last day for early bird tickets. Um, but, you know, we keep the tickets very affordable. You know, it includes the Black Restaurant Showcase. It includes the Awards Gala. So it includes the entire night. Tickets are from 40 to $75, even when after the early bird special. You know, so and that's another thing that we do. If you think about a lot of awards gala, not to knock anybody, but the tickets are generally 150 250 I mean, it's $500 ticket, gala tickets out there. You know, um, but we keep it affordable because we really, again, want everybody to be able to be in attendance. And then, you know, we don't want anybody to think of, maybe I'm not ready, maybe this isn't for me. No, this is for you. You know, if you even if you don't have a business and you just want to 
experience black excellence or you just need some energy for the night you know um right. we we can, we keep it so that everybody can come out because again we need everybody a part of the conversation and mm-hmm. a part of you know the celebration so um yes definitely encouraging everybody to come out again it's going to be february 23rd at malcolm x college the festivities begin at six mm-hmm. i always encourage people to get that early because the food is amazing mm-hmm. i do want to highlight a couple of our um Restaurants yeah, we're going to have our client, uh, Just Turkey Restaurant is going to be a part of it, Lexington Betty Smokehouse. We have an award-winning chef, Chef Lisa, who comes and shows out, uh, Chef Lisa Kay. Um, we also have Chef Pam. So we'll have about 10 restaurants total, and then we have Love Pork Screws. So if you buy the VIP ticket, it includes a taste of her wine. Uh, Remy Martin, who's a sponsor this year, and I really appreciate them for supporting the event. They've been a part all three years, but this year they came on as a sponsor. They do a taste as well um so it's going to be a lot of a lot of good food and things to munch on but i always tell people to get that early because the first part of the networking is 6 to seven thirty, and then we mm-hmm. go and actually get the awards acceptance and you hear the young entrepreneur pitch so get that early and then after afterwards this year we're doing a post kind of networking event so to okay. be you know for the last hour still music you can still exchange business cards and things like that um so yes um, and I also want to mention just a couple of our honorees. So we're honoring um, Myel Organics. Um, so they are a huge talk about growth. They're right here from Chicago. I know them actually from Harvey. And then four years, they've been able to build a multi-million dollar hair care company. They are in over 30,000 stores. Um, so, and the young lady is 35, Monique Rodriguez. So we're honoring mm-hmm. her with a growth award. We're honoring William Calloway, who was integral in getting the Laquan McDonald tapes released. Uh, so he's been able to do a. He's been able to by pushing that and using his voice for change. He's been able to really shift the whole political landscape. Really, that's why the mayor isn't running. So we're honoring him with the advocacy award. Uh, we have Carl Tutt, who's over 100 Black Men. We're giving him the leadership award for all the stuff that 100 Black Men continues to do and you know put into the community. We have Tim King from Urban Prep Academy. So everybody knows those red and, and, and um, gold ties where all the young black men get a 100% college acceptance rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people don't know it was founded by Tim King. They have three campuses. Um, so a black man founded those schools. And like I said, so for four years straight, he's gotten 100% college acceptance rates for all of his seniors. So he's helping a lot of young black men go, you know, and, and go to college. So we're giving him the educator award. And then finally for community, um, again, like I said, we're tying in, connecting to Africa. So we have the president of the National Council of African Women actually flying in from Africa, uh, Mapula Nakomo. She's actually flying in to accept our award for community. So they do a lot of bridging the gap connecting um, Chicago to Africa now. I think they have 10, uh, 10 different sites. So they're in Africa. They do a lot of give back and outreach. And then they have two sites over here in Chicago. So we're honoring her with the overall uh, community award. Okay, great. And thank you for mentioning those, especially if somebody want to Google and find out who these people yeah, are. Yeah, just to kind of see. Not, and, you know, and I like yeah. to show, you know, a little bit of love. It's a lot. It's a lot of aspects, <laughs> a lot of names to mention uh, to the event. We have over 10 media in the house, including yourself. Um, yes. So I definitely would love if you want to come out and interview some people and do some different things. So, again, we try yes, to make it where it's very much a limelight. You know, everybody gets a little bit of the light that night. So uh, we'll have a lot of media in the building to interview people as well. So. 
Yes, great. So like like she said, please go to the website and it will be in the show notes below. So you guys can just go ahead and scroll down and click the link so you can purchase your tickets, whether you want to be a sponsor or whether you just want to be the, be there at the night just to network. Make sure that you scroll down in the show notes below and click that link underneath her name. So that way you can get your tickets. So is there any any um, social media handles you want to give out any other, um, especially if anybody wants to in Chicago um, or anywhere else wants to do business with you? Um, what are what are ways that they can contact um, your business specifically to do business with you? Oh, absolutely. So they can um, they can go to our website, WDB Marketing, uh, WDB Marketing dot um, um, that's all of our social media handles on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is at WDB marketing. They can also call us. So we still an old school company that will pick up the phone. If you call 708-527-3090, that's 708-527-3090. And again, we could do everything from, well, we're going to let them go to you first, at least for their graphics. Uh, but if they need other stuff, we do apparel in-house. <laughs> we do apparel in-house. We do uh, signage, so the retractable banners, table saws, uh, any type of regular print collateral from a brochure to a business card. We do uh, we do website, um, logo design. So, yeah. So just kind of come check us out. I encourage everybody even just to stop by. We're in right. South Holland, 1007 East 162nd Street. So I love people just to come by. You know, we have you know, our, our items displayed up front. So we kind of have it as an area of inspiration. So if you want to just come in and get inspired about some of the things that you could do with your brand, we invite everybody just to stop by the office in South Holland. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Kiana, for even jumping on this call with me to even talk about the importance of black entrepreneurship, the importance of even highlighting black entrepreneurs, and then, of course, recycling that money back into the community and helping and assisting the black economy, specifically in Chicago, because we hear so much negativity in Chicago. But to be able to hear from individuals who are really trying to uplift and keep that money going, keep that empowerment going. I'm, I'm definitely honored to even speak with you. So thank you so much for taking the time yes. out. Thank All you. Right. Thank you for, um, for, 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 for inviting us no <laughs> on the show. So thank you, Bays, for listening. I'm going to end the episode here. Bye. You have been listening to CEO Chats with the Brown Girl CEO. If you like me that much, please make sure that you leave me a comment and a review and also subscribe. If you want to make sure that you stay connected, follow us on all social media platforms by clicking in the show notes below. Thanks and see you next week.